In today's global economy, quality matters. Benjamin Franklin once quipped, the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. Quality Matters is here to talk about all things quality. So whether you're looking to improve your business, getting ready for an audit, or dealing with failed inspections, tune in, check us out, then get back to doing work that matters. Welcome back to Quality Matters, where we believe quality impacts us everywhere from the oil fields to our education system. You need the edge of quality in your organization. Thank you for joining us as we discuss Quality Matters. Again, I'm Darcy. And I'm Kyle. And we've got another interesting article that I came across today. Kyle may end up doing most of the talking. I'll try to slow him down a little bit. Um, I came across an article, and the headline is... Texas needs to ensure better care for medically fragile children, comma, audit says. So, it had the word audit in it. (laughs) (laughs) But this is actually a really, really interesting uh, article. It's beyond just just audit, but go go ahead. Okay, just to give a brief, um, I guess, synopsis, I don't know. It's about a program in Texas called the Star Kids Program. And it's kind of attached to Medicaid, I guess. Mm -hmm. But it's not just Medicaid. It's for uh, kids who are 20 years and younger that qualify for Medicaid, but also have one of the following. And there's several items on the list. Like if they get SSI, they get SSI and Medicare. Um, If they get services through the Medically Dependent Children Program Waiver, there's a, several things. I won't read but them all to you. the short version is these are kids that require almost full-time, if not full-time, medical care, either for intellectual issues or physical disabilities. Um, I don't know that they're all full-time, but they do need, like, extra occupational therapy, mm-hmm. physical therapy, and they, you know. More it's not you It's get. not just a financial need. It's, you know, a huge burden on the family. Right. So, um, so that was it. And then... I read the first sentence of the article, and it says, Texas pays $3.3 billion a year to companies that manage health care for medically fragile children, but the state isn't taking necessary steps to ensure the contractors are meeting the children's needs, according to a new audit. And who conducted this audit? I don't know. The legislature, I think. The budget committee? Yeah, it says here the... 83rd legislature, regular session. So this is kind of a a state-funded audit on the state program. And the audit is dated January 19 of 2019. Correct. So this um, article came out sometime after that. Um, Kyle's going to go into more detail, but I read just a little bit of it yesterday. And from what I understand, the program was kind of designed in 2013. Mm -hmm. And they didn't actually put it in place until around 2016, 2016, I think. Um, And there's lots of things in the audit. I don't typically understand audit reports, but I was reading some of it to Kyle yesterday, and it was just blowing my mind, the things they did. So you want to tell us about some of it? Yeah, so this was uh, really, really interesting. I mean, because these are kids that need a lot of attention, a lot of help that maybe the medical system generally can't 
can't help with because it's through Medicaid, you know, probably a lot of times, not all the time. These are families that they don't have the resources to go find the best doctors at the best places. And so these are kids that really need the help. Mm -hmm. And so what fascinated me is that they had three years planning this process. Between 2013 and 2016 when they they came up with the idea and implemented the Uh idea. And I'll spare going through the, the whole, all the notes I took through the audit report. But um, a key piece of this is it's a state program, but you're not seeing state doctors. You're seeing private doctors that are run through the normal insurance agencies that we think of, Blue Cross, United, Texas Children's, um, another one, Superior. And so it's just kind of normal doctors that everyone would go to, but it's being run through, this, it's being paid for by the state program. Right. I think they're called managed care organizations, exactly. which is basically, from what I understand, the insurance company that's going to service you through this start kids program correct and these managed care organizations then have to identify vendors which would be doctor's offices or occupational care providers or any of these various services that these folks get all the way to in-home nursing and in-home care Mm -hmm. for some uh, for some of these kids and what's astonishing is that across the board they didn't have a set selection criteria they couldn't find, when the audit was conducted, they couldn't find evidence of why some vendors were selected and others weren't. And yeah, I remember reading part of that to you yesterday. It was, they didn't have a set criteria. And something about, I think the numbers even got mixed up. So even when they did gather data, it wasn't applied correctly. No. And when the legislature went to audit their selection process, they weren't able to properly audit it because the information wasn't really there. Yeah, and at one point here, they said that of the uh, sample that they took, um, it was something like 26 different supplier audits that they reviewed. Um, and the suppliers you're referencing are the managed care organizations? No, are the actual uh, doctors. Fa- doctors or okay. occupational care facilities and nursing facilities. Um, all but one of the, the sample taken were approved without reviewing anyone else. Or they were just, the, all they did was put in the application and they got approved. Oh. There was only one example where someone was rejected. So pretty much if you put in the application to you be got in approved. this pool, you got approved. And so there's $3.3 billion of funds available for kids that really need it. And there's no selection criteria. Right. No one's getting rejected. We're just bringing everyone in. Um, and then there's a lot of problems because of the way that they call it capitation. And I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on this, but um, there's a certain maximum amount that they can spend on these kids. And per so, child per year correct. is the capitation rate. And so some of these kids weren't spread around organizations very evenly. And their case managers, whose job is to spread these kids around fairly evenly, so that no... <laughs> Pardon the airplane. We're in our garage again. <laughs> We'll wait till it flies on by. Oh, I see the reflection in my windshield. Um, <laughs> so they want to spread these kids around fairly evenly so that no one organization um, is benefiting or having too high of an expense versus the other. So it's fair for the managed care organizations. So I think f- we figured out that it was, what, $20,000 per kid is yeah. what this mm-hmm. money amounts to based on the $3.3 billion and they service 160,000 kids, yeah. I think it said. And here's what's so crazy. It's, hold on. Okay. I'm going to slow it down just a little bit. So they said it came out to $20,000 mm-hmm. per child, I think. So some of these kids require a lot more care than some of the other ones. So 
they're trying what they should have done is not burden one managed care organization with all the higher cost, higher need kids and given another one lower cost, lower need kids. It should have been distributed somewhat evenly among the managed care organizations. Correct. And this didn't occur in the least. It was very sporadic as to how this stuff was, was distributed. And so then I kind of got to thinking, like, well, why would that happen? You would think that you've got people, caseworkers, who, who are trained to do just this sort of thing and to do their job well. And I'm not questioning their ability to do their job. Well, I soon realized, as I dug into the report a little bit more, why that was the case. Each case manager had at least 250 patients they were responsible for. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember reading they were overwhelmed. Oh, massively overwhelmed. Some of them had over 300 uh, patients that they were responsible for. And that's not the end of it. They had requirements by the legislature of how many times these kids had to be reviewed annually. And yeah. so there was a requirement of 12 phone calls a year. So now you've got one person ensuring that 12 phone calls happen, four visits happen, and an assessment happens every year. Wait, the four visits means the case manager has to visit the patient? They have to ensure that the patient visits the doctor's facility. Okay. Um, and the case manager has to schedule 12 phone calls a For year. For 300 kids. So that's 300 phone calls per month. Yes. Basically. Yes. So 10 phone calls per day. Correct. And imagine, and they said that 24% of the failures were due to scheduling conflicts. Which just makes sense. People have active lives. Right. And it's going to be difficult to get a hold of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to I want to pause here and kind of backtrack to why I found this interesting. I read the article before I even brought it to Kyle. And it was talking about the percentage of patients that started getting declined for treatment or reduced for the number of services. I know one of our kiddos had occupational therapy and when we first um, went down that route, we learned that we were approved for so many visits. Mm-hmm. And it was 12 visits before he had to be reevaluated. Mm-hmm. And then we would or would not get approved for 12 more visits. Correct. So um, I think there was a decline in how many kids were getting approved. And there was an increase in denial Correct. of claims and services. And part of the reason that they addressed in the audit report here, and this makes sense given the poor vendor selection, given the overload of the case managers, um, is each MCO, medical care organization. Insurance uh, company. <laughs> yes. They, each one had different selection criteria for providing a service to a child. So you can have the same child depending on the MCO that he was assigned to, may or may not get approved for certain services. Even though they all fall under the bigger umbrella umbrella. of the STAR kids. Exactly. So So there was no consistency within the program. And that's the key that I saw to everything in here, is exactly that. There's no consistency. Um, They set, they developed a program, and they assigned funds to it, but there were several cases in here where folks didn't didn't take the time to plan ahead of time the criteria. What's good? What's bad? You know, kind of this old uh, adage, what's your vision of good? Well, you have to have a vision of good. When, when I do process mapping with organizations, um, I'll, I'll throw an example of the process map on, on the show notes. But a process is any method of converting an input into an output. So in this case, the input is, is these kids that need care, and the output is kids that have been cared for. Mm-hmm. And it's really that simple from input-output. 
But what's your goal of caring for the kid? And how do you measure that you did that effectively? Because a goal without a measure is useless. Yeah, and I think that's what started this article, where the surveys and, I guess, the legislature found that people aren't happy with what's going on. They're not. And and I completely, um, you know, understand why they weren't. I mean, it says here, um, let me find, yeah, that's 12. Oh, yeah, so it's all over the board. We had um, one MCO that provided... um, 0.6 0.6 contacts per year of the 0.6. 12 required. 0.6 of the 12 per year. We had another one that provided 25.9 contacts per year. So this is what I mean. It's all over the place. And it took three years running the program to, to raise a red flag. Um, every organization, and it, you know, it doesn't have to be a $3.3 billion organization, which is effectively what we're looking at here. Um, these are, you know, I've done audits for, for, for organizations that are like that. I've done these, these national, uh, facilities and they're broken up into smaller locations in each smaller location. They know the numbers they have to hit mm-hmm. and they know where they're at on the numbers. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's kind of, we talk among ourselves a lot about top down leadership mm-hmm. and, you know, it's got to start from the top and they had an idea. Mm-hmm. So, Hey, this is a good idea. I can tell you that without any uncertainty from reading the audit report here, that no one knew the expectations each step of the way. It was kind of, let's just take care of these kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure people put forth a best, you know, faith effort. Mm-hmm. But a best, best faith effort, well, it's generally not very good. You, you have to plan. When you don't know exactly what's exactly. expected. Exactly. You know, if you have a plan of what we're going to do, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, you can start to stay within the lines. Now, don't get me wrong. You can take that same methodology too far, and then people can do, you know, kind of shady things to hit the numbers. Right. But no one was even aiming at numbers from this audit report. No, it doesn't sound like it. No, not at all. I mean, it's, uh, what was the, we had the the goals of the program here, which, here we go. Oh, yeah. Um. So these were the goals. He at least set out some goals um, for the program. It was to provide benefits tailored to meet members' health care needs. Great. How do you measure that? Mm-hmm. Um, better coordinate and improve access to care. That was a problem they found here is that people didn't know where to go or where to turn. And this was the frustrating part for me. When you say people, you mean like patients and their patients families? Patients and their families, yeah. Mm-hmm. And this was the frustrating part for me because we've kind of dealt with this before, but I don't <laughs> think on this scale... <laughs> Is if you get declined for a service, you are required to first file an appeal with the MCO. We all know how fast insurance companies work. So if you're declined, you have to file an appeal with the MCO first. If they still decline you, then you can file an appeal with STAR. So if you get declined for services, realistically, it could be three, six months before your kid gets the help they need. Yeah. That's life-threatening in some situations. Absolutely. That's scary. It is. It's hard. It's hard. And, you know, Kyle's absolutely right. We've been on waiting lists with our kids. And, you know, some of it's just the doctors backed up. And when they have time, they can start putting you on the schedule. And some of it's been waiting on insurance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then they said approve health outcomes. But I'd love to see what those outcomes are and how they plan to achieve it. 
Um, and again, I mean, it goes back to, I just keep referencing personal experience. Yeah. Our kiddo that was in occupational therapy, she sat down with me. The therapist sat down with me and said, here's his goals, mm-hmm. and this is how we're going to do it. Right. So the therapist knew right. what his goals were. Right. Um, and I don't think that was happening very well across the board in this program so far. And, you know, they kind of go on. Um, the last one here is improve coordination with long-term care providers for members receiving long-term services and supports outside the managed care organization. And this was another problem is when the MCOs and their vendors could not provide the services that the child needed, you did have the option to seek help outside, but again, no one knew where to go outside and the process of getting it covered took too long. It was too much effort. And so, again, they've got all of these, these, these goals, and these goals are actually really great goals, and these goals are from 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would love to have more information than this report shows, but I'll tell you, with any quality management system you have, if you define a goal, you simultaneously define your, measure of, your method of measurement, and I don't think they ever did that. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it because it sounds like it's been a disaster all around. And I will say in the article, a couple of, uh, I don't know if it was the managed care organizations or who it was, more than one said, well, we're not going to comment on this because the audit report is not official. Right. Kind of a thing. Um, So I don't know what makes it official. It says... Oh, yeah, this was by one of the managed care organizations. They said, until a report is made available publicly, we cannot provide comment as this data has not been verified. However, we were able to obtain the report. So, yeah. it, I mean, it's pub- this was an article, yeah. and the report was within the article, and I'm sure Kyle will attach the links in the show notes. I will. This will probably be the last little fact from here. There's just so much that we could go into. We could spend several podcasts on this, but I think that the key things I want to – I'll take away from this are the the lack of planning from the start. They had great goals. It's a great idea for a program. Everything about the start was fantastic from mm-hmm. what I can tell, except for the fact of what Darcy mentioned earlier, it's consistency and you achieve consistency by stating from the get go, how you're going to do it. Heck, this is what we talked about last week with mm-hmm. the start from why book. Yeah. It's the same thing, but here's the last of just really sa- uh, saddening statistics is all of these uh, kids that come into the program, it says federal rules and guidance requires that MTOs make a best effort to conduct an initial screening for all new members within 90 days to determine their health care needs. Four months after implementation, only 34.6% of the kids have been assessed. <laughs> Approximately, you know, only 1.9% declined the assessment, and, you know, only half of the members had completed it after a year. So they're in the program, yeah. it's a year later, and they're still not even assessed. Well, I, you know, some of that could be on the patient and family side. And it covers that. It goes back mm-hmm. to busy lives. Um, but it, it's just crazy. And, again, it's just a testament to all the different fields that auditing, process mapping, mm-hmm. ISO 9001 – it can apply to, I mean, what, we've talked about the Air Force, we've talked about uh-huh. the education system, we've talked about supply chain to Kenya. This is a medical slash government organization. Mm-hmm. It can apply anywhere. It can, it can. And, I mean, there, there's so many ways that this could have gone amazingly better. Um, yeah. With 
with better planning up front from the vendors, vendor selection, have the criteria defined up front and, and then I, monitor I think it. it goes back to people, it just feels so big. Yeah. And these, particularly people in this industry, probably don't know about process mapping no. and setting measurable goals and ISO 9001, yeah. all those things that I'm learning about. I agree. They probably didn't even know that they exist mm -hmm. to have that as part of their program. Yeah. I was talking to uh, someone today, and he was kind of asking a little bit about what we do. And he said, you know, Kyle, what you're offering, it's not just quality management. He said, it's really a methodology. It's a way to run your business. And yes. that's it. He hit the nail on the head. It is. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we say it every week. We're passionate about saving people time and energy. And that ends up affecting the dollar. It does. So, and this in particular comes back to taxpayers' dollars, mm -hmm. which I'm totally in support of, you know, helping those out that need the help. Absolutely. But let's actually help them. But to the I'd best like of to be ability. a better steward. I'd like the government to be a better steward of our money I agree. than what's happening. And just ha again, having gone through it personally with my kids waiting for help, and not necessarily, I mean, not through Medicaid, just regular insurance. Right. I understand how frustrating it is. And then imagine the complexities once the government's involved. Yeah, oh. once it is Medicaid, and and you know, I can imagine. Well, I won't go anymore. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just stop there. So, um, you know, just another way that this can apply to so many different fields. And just like I said in the intro, mm -hmm. from the oil fields to our education system to our medical system, there are so many different places this can apply. I agree. Lives can be changed all over the place by doing business better. Saving time for what matters most. Yeah. And again, it's not just about the bottom dollar. It's about getting these kids the help they need. Absolutely. In and a it's timely fashion. Yeah. And it's not unattainable. So, so I appreciate you finding this. This is this is an excellent, excellent article. Yeah. So again, um, the article, the MCOs are quoted as saying it's not public yet. But the audit report was within this article, mm -hmm. and I was able to print it off, and Kyle will attach that in the show notes so mm -hmm. that if you're interested in reading it, you can. Um, before we wrap up, as a little sidebar, uh, I appreciate everyone listening every week. I know that Kyle has seen how many downloads we've had oh, yes. of our it's podcast, amazing. and it's been great for a month. Um, but I am a little disappointed in our listeners, Kyle. We need reviews. We need comments. I know. Tell us what you think. Look, I am married to this man. I hear what he thinks all the time. <laughs> I need to know what y'all think about the podcast. <laughs> so review us. Give us, you know, five stars. Of course, five stars. And uh, six if you could. Leave a few words about what you think about the podcast, uh, ideas that you have, topics Absolutely. we could discuss. If you want to be a guest on the podcast, we can work that out, too. We're getting too. a few lined up right now as well. Yep, we've got a few lined up right now. Um, so anything you have to say, comment and let us know or send us a message on LinkedIn. We want to hear what you guys have to say. All right. Thank you very much. Bye, y'all.
What the heck are you talking about? My coupons. Your coupons? <laughs> Tortilla chips. Ow. I know you're recording me. Yes, I am. And you're just loving it because you're going to put it on the podcast as I a am. blooper reel. It's always at the end, though. It's like the last few seconds. I know. Oh, I don't have my little intro I'm going to read. I guess I won't read it tonight. We'll go get it. I don't know. Okay. Do, 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 do,